Good morning, everyone. Welcome to day 22 of the 7 a.m. Novelist March March Writing Challenge. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Today we hear from the wonderful novelist Dawn Tripp and Jane Roper, and they're going to be talking to us about the great uncertainties that they've had to face in their author's journeys. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being on the show. Dawn Tripp's fourth novel, Georgia, was a national bestseller, finalist for the New England Book Award, and winner of the Mary Lynn Katz Award for Art in Literature. She is the author of three previous novels, Game of Secrets, Moontide, and The Season of Open Water, which won the Massachusetts Book Award for Fiction. Her essays and poems had appeared in the Virginia Quarterly Review, Harvard Review, Agni, Conjunctions, among others. She has graduated magna cum laude from Harvard and lives in Massachusetts with her sons. Her fifth novel will be published by Random House in 2025. We're very excited about that. Jane Roper is the author of two novels, The Society of Shame at Eden Lake and a memoir, Double Time, How I Survived and Mostly Thrived Through the First Three Years of Mothering Twins. Her writing has appeared in Salon, McSweeney's, The Millions, Poets and Writers, The Rumpus, Cognacetti, Writer's Digest, and many others. She's also been included in the anthology Labor Day, True Birth Stories by Today's Best Women Writers. She's a graduate of the Iowa Writers Workshop. She currently lives in the north of Boston with her husband, rad teenage twins, and two cats, two cats, one of whom sucks. So I'm reading the box. <laughs> The Jane gave me. I don't know what that's about. If we have time at the end, we can talk about why one of her cats sucks. And then just to be, you know, clear, her novel, Society of Shame, is out. It's out next month, right? Or it's out yeah. in two weeks. Two weeks, in April 4th. Very excited about that. Society of Shame. Okay. So let's get going. Your author's journeys. We're going to talk about where you started off and then and then um continuing to talk about. We've had a few of these and and Jane and um Dawn kind of wanted to talk about a lot of the uncertainties they faced, but Dawn was saying earlier, Dawn, you were like, but when you start off, you're like really excited and you're pumped and you think you can do everything, right? Well, you might start, I don't know if you feel that you can do everything, but you do feel that um, I think there's a certain unbridled passion and unfettered passion. It's not, it's not, um, and it's, it's glorious. It's really, I, it's actually what I feel at the beginning of every book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's a space and a state that I really crave. Um, I know that before I published, um, I really wanted to publish. Um, I really, really wanted to publish. And I, I worked on a novel for most of my twenties um, that um, was, I was a poet actually, before I started writing fiction. I didn't start writing fiction until I was about 22. And, um, and I just started this really, really, really long poem. And I gradually began to realize it was a narrative, it was a novel, and I began to kind of recraft it into a novel. And at a certain point it was done and I started sending it out and it was rejected and rejected, and rejected, and rejected. I mean, I think I must've received 70, 80 rejections. And, um, and, and I kept but the rejection letters got longer and longer and kinder and kinder and more encouraging and more encouraging. So I kept taking the book back and reworking it and reworking it. And, um, and then when I was about, I was about 28 and I suddenly looked at that book and I thought this, um, I'm done. Like, I can't do this again. I can't go back in again. Um, so I set that aside, but I had another idea. Mm-hmm. And um, and I set out to write this other new 
idea into this new idea. And I was on fire for that idea. And uh, it, um, I, I wrote it really quickly. I wrote it about a year and a half. I sent it out. I got an agent relatively quickly who sold it at auction. It was kind of a fairy book, you know, kind of fairy tale um, story, but it, um, you know, I never sort of forgot that my best teacher and the kind of the, the way I really learned to write was that other book that's still under the bed. Mm. And, um, and I think it's really important to, and actually the, all those rejections, which were so hard at the time, like getting all those letters, they actually did something really interesting to my skin. And it wasn't just about toughening it. It was also like realizing that what other people thought about what I did had very little to do with the drive and the passion that drove me to make it in the first place. Mm. Right. And also the, the market and um, the, you know, the vagaries and the, I don't know, the uncertainties of what's going to sell and, and what isn't, it, it's the stuff beyond your control. So sometimes you just, you work and work and work on something. And, you know, you talk about that, the novel under the bed, that was one of the subtitles we'd considered for this session, because I think everyone ha or most people have a novel or two or seven under the bed. Yeah. I have, I have two under the bed and um, not, not literally, I, I don't even know like how to access those files, but um, you know, I think that's a hard thing. And I think it's something that people don't talk about. Like the first novel I wrote, um, which I started while I was in my MFA program, did not find a publisher, but I had kind of like what you're saying, like I found another idea that I was much more excited about. So I was able to kind of segue into that without too much uncertainty. But when that one didn't sell, I was like, should I be writing fiction? What the hell am I doing? I, you know, maybe this isn't where I belong. And I, that's when I pivoted and wrote a memoir, which did sell. <laughs> so, um, but then, you know, I got another novel idea. I was all pumped about that. I worked on that for five years and I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna do it. This is gonna get published. It did not. And, you know, once again, I was like, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be writing fiction. Maybe I just can't do this. Maybe this is not the path for me. Um, so that was a big kind of pivot point. And then I wrote, like, came up with another idea. <laughs> like, it keeps happening. And that one, that yeah, one that's the thing. Like, so many people, I, I have had people ask me after I look at their pages, they ask me, do you think I should do this? Do you think I should be a writer? And I'm like, okay, first off, you should never put that that responsibility on one person or, right. or that question on one person. I mean, no one person can tell you that. And I, I just think if uh, writers who should be writing are people that really just can't stop, um, that, that they get these new ideas, that they constantly get this new, this new influx in, of energy. Um, and it's going to take them to the next project or the next, even if uh, pre previous projects have wound up under the bed, that that, that sort of energy um, and wanting to tell stories and, and getting some, something from that um, is what's going to continue. But both of you is so great because thinking about, okay, knowing when you need to move on, because that is a huge, huge lesson. And it can be really painful to just give up on a book, but putting that book under the bed can give you lots of energy, particularly if you have a great new idea and you just want to dive into the new idea. Um, and then a lot of times I've worked with people who they haven't necessarily given up on a novel, but we, they've decided to make such huge, huge changes that it basically is a new book. Um, and some people are like, oh, how can you, 
how can you make such big changes after after you've worked on it for so long? But sometimes those big changes can give you a huge, again, burst of energy. Um, and it really is something new. It really is a new book and it can drive you back, um, you know, to to remake it or or make it entirely something new. Yeah. Dawn, um, did you ever go back to that first book or you let it be your teacher, right? No, but that first book, when I think about it um, now, I mean, I can access it. Um, and I sometimes I'll take it out and I'll look at it and I'll just be grateful that it didn't publish. Like that's what's kind of interesting. It it just took me that time. But I realized there there are so many, there's so many gifts that came out of that. And we we do think sometimes when we let something go that it was like wasted time. Mm -hmm. Um and and I had a really, there was an editor who um really real was very very honest with me and very very encouraging to me um and she actually you know wrote me this letter um that I still have and she said you know none of this none of it is wasted none of this is wasted none of this experience is wasted um and so the material may not make its way out into the world but what you learn from crafting that material what you learn from wrestling with it what you learn from going back into it what you learn from from realizing, okay, this doesn't work, those lessons will serve you for your entire career. I had one other, um, my second book that's under the bed actually came later. So I had published um, my first book, uh, my, my first book, not the book under the bed, but the, you know, my, what's known as my first novel. And then I wrote my second novel very quickly when I was a young uh, mother. But I had a two book deal for that second book. And so I finished that second book and I sat down and did what I was supposed to do. Um, and I wrote my third book and I worked on it for about two and a half years. And I, I could tell like, you know, something's not working here. Um, I know I know it's not working. I love dimensions of this story, but something's not quite working. But I decided I would send it to my editor and either she wouldn't notice <laughs> that something wasn't working or she'd be able to tell me what wasn't working. So I sent it to her and I said, you know, I'd love your read on this. I'd love, and she called me and um, she, this is my, I've been with the same editor for my, for, since I was uh, 30. And she called me and she said, um, Dawn, she said, you know, um, how are you feeling about this book? And I'm like, well, you know, I really like it. I really, I mean, but I couldn't, I couldn't get that feeling. Um, I couldn't, I, you know, I'm very direct and I'm very transparent. So if I'm upset or not, I, I can't fake passion. And um, she said, she said, you know, Dawn, there are a lot of things you can do with a book. And this is on the phone. Um, and I'd worked on this book for two and a half years. She said, there are a lot of things you can do with this book. You can restructure it. You can um, revitalize a character. You can reshape the beginning. You can reshape the end. You can kind of um, spark the middle. Um, she said, but it's really hard to put heart in a book where there's none. Yeah. Ouch. And, um, and it hurt. And she was completely right. And that, that moment has been invaluable to me. In every decision I make as a writer, every, every decision I make to take on a story, every decision I make when I'm editing. Um, right now I'm, you know, editing. I still work in pencil and notebooks and longhand. 
Um, that has that feel like if I don't have that feeling for something either as I'm writing it before I start it or once it's written on the page, then um, then I have to I have to look at that. That's, yeah. that's enormous. I think that's huge. And I think a lot of people, they think, well, if I've worked on it this long, then it deserves to be published. And and I don't know, I, the, the books that I have not chosen to publish or, or that I've let go of, um, thank God. <laughs> I'm <laughs> very glad that those books aren't out in the world because they were broken in some way. Um, they were, they were, they were dead in some way that I just wouldn't want them out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Associate. Yeah, Jane. Well, some people have asked me, like, you know, now that you're this book's getting published, do you want to try to go back and see if you can get the previous one published? And my answer is no. Um, not that I don't think it was good, but um, I don't think it reflects what I'm supposed to be writing, like what I should have been writing. My, you know, the last book I wrote, uh, um, it was quite serious. Um, it was about kind of some heavy stuff. It was about like, drug addiction and cancer and uh, you know it had moments of levity but you know when I wrote it um you know one thing that my husband said has said to me multiple times over the years of my writing and and after this book this last book that didn't get published said you know it's it's good it's really good but it doesn't feel like you're using all your tools it doesn't bring feel like you're you're bringing your full self to the page you know, mm -hmm. saying like, you're funny and you write funny. Like, why aren't you writing funny? And I was like, oh, well, I have serious things to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, so it was after that book got rejected, I kind of, in a way it kind of liberated me. So when another idea came around, I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to write a ridiculous book. Like, I'm just going to go over the top, silly, satirical, you know, what I've done before just hasn't worked. Um, even though I did have a novel published, it was with a tiny press. And I was like, I want to, so it was when I really let go and, and felt almost this sense of desperation, like this is my last shot. This is the last novel, I swear, really. But then it was it was like a whole other experience. I loved writing it. It went fast. I mean, not that there weren't moments where I was like, ah, but I it was a whole other kind of writing experience where I was just, you know, I, it lit a fire under me. I was having fun. Um, so and. and you know, I, this sounds so crass, but it was like, if I had that, the previous novel, the rejected one published, like it wouldn't feel on brand, you know, it, it wouldn't feel like where I am now as a writer, it wouldn't, it would be like going backwards. So, um, you know, sometimes it takes that rejection to really propel you forward into the kind of the book or the kind of book you should be writing where your heart is fully in it. Yeah. Well, and George Saunders talks about, you know, sometimes, we reject certain projects and we re reject certain stories because they're not the sort of story that we think we're supposed to be writing. Yeah. Um, but actually grabbing hold of, and he had to do this in his own uh, process, grabbing hold of the writer that we are and the, and the writing that we're good at and being like, no, this is what I do, you know, waving that flag. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not, you know, all this schooling and all this learning and everything it, that wasn't helping him. He had to throw that off. What wow. I think is interesting is, you know, there are some writers like um, Ellen Hildebrand who writes those, you know, beach reads set on yeah. Nantucket. She went to the Iowa Writers Workshop. So I'm sure she was starting out writing very literary stuff and reading, you know, writing serious short stories and stuff. But I, I think at some point she was like, well, that's 
I meant to be writing beach reads like set in Nantucket. And I, I'm guessing she just found that much more rewarding and fun <laughs> and in line with who she was in her heart as a writer. And look what happened. <laughs> I mean, she's like yeah. this huge success. I just want to point out something that um, was just mentioned in the chat, which was, um, and sorry, I can't, I need my glasses to read the name. It's Doriana, I think. Yeah. Um, wrote, as a visual artist who often became frustrated with her paintings, I have termed this the I don't give a fuck moment. That point when you are able to turn a corner because you let go, give up on becoming overly, overly precious. Um, I and you know it's it's funny I I um I I, I completely identify with that and, and I feel like what happens when you have that moment um, is you do turn the corner you also throw everyone out of the room like you're alone again in the room um, you don't have the editor you don't have the you don't have the, you don't have the marketing team. You don't have the, you know, you don't have your other writer friends who are like, oh, you're going to write that kind of book. Like you don't have, do you know what I mean? You don't have, you don't have those voices on your shoulder. You're just like, boom, like out, go leave. And you're just back alone, you know, in the room with the page, with the notebook, with that feeling of a, you know, I write with these pencils, like Palomino black wings. Like I, you know, just that feeling of, you know, working, working um working words onto a page and and it's it's exhilarating yeah, that it's space a- when you're in relationship where you're in relationship with that story that voice the voice of the story for me it's the voice always the voice if i don't have the voice then at a certain point i'm gonna have to go back and rewrite the whole book no matter how well i've written the book i literally will have to go back and rewrite the entire thing if the voice isn't right when i start mm-hmm. yeah we had Julie Carrick Dalton. She just released her uh, second novel, The Last Beekeeper, and she was working with the same editor for her first and second. And I read early versions of her second novel, and part of it took place in the city, and part of it took place in the country. And and it and she knew it wasn't quite working, and she gave it to her editor, and her editor editor set her down and said, "Julie, you're not very good at writing about people in the city." <laughs> You know, keep this in. And so that can be like, you know, fuck you, you know, why are you telling me this? But but she immediately um, noticed that the editor was basically acting as a mirror to her. She immediately were like, you're right. I'm not good about writing the city. I don't want to write about being in the city. And I also noticed when I read it, even even in her city chapters, everyone had these huge gardens. <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to turn the city into the country. Um, <laughs> so she just went with that back to what um, fed her, um, gave her energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she continued with that. Mm-hmm. Don, it must be interesting. You've been working with the same editor since you were 30. Um, Which is she- my first editor. I've been with the same editor for my career. Yeah, I've been really, it's, I know it's unusual. I, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's, mm-hmm. I feel she's incredible. She's mm-hmm. been a real mentor to me. No. And she, she give you that that mirror that's that can kind of be helpful like okay this is what you're doing um or does she just yeah like when I you know I had written my first three novels about the small town where I live and you know she called me one day she's like okay this I like this I like this new book but it, you know next book you got to get out of that town <laughs> 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 and what she saw was I think that she saw that there were 
just dimensions of the world that I had not given myself the freedom or the rain, you know, the rain or the, you know, the space to explore. Mm. And so, you know, I embarked on kind of, I, I just became really interested in women, women and power, women and power, like how they kind of, um, and so. Yeah. And so we have a question in the chat and I, Dawn, why don't you go with this first? Because the question is, <laughs> you write by hand, you go straight at the yeah. computer. I think it looks like you're writing by hand. You got all this. Yeah, I write, I write by hand. Um, I don't write, I write, I write, um, as I mentioned, I was a poet before I became a um, fiction writer. And my first impulse is poetry. So when I'm stressed out, I read poetry. Um, when I'm when I need, you know, when I need to recharge, I read poetry and, and I write poetry, but I haven't published much of my, many of my poems. I sort of, my poems are sort of like the room I keep to myself. I've published, I think I've sent out seven, published those seven. Um, but yeah, I write on, I write in notebooks and I write with pencils. And for me, those early, those early drafts, they're messy, they're fragments, they're, I don't start at the beginning. I start where I feel like led to start, like I really try to let my, what, what inspires me, what moves me, what drives me, what I'm passionate about, what I'm excited to explore. I let that drive me. I don't, I try to not write from the place of where I think I should be writing, um, but to write from that place where I feel, where I feel led. Um, and I just find there's, there's something about the, um, the way writing feels with a pencil um, on a page and the way I actually had, the, I worked on the same notebooks for for years, for decades, and then they discontinued, oh, them, yeah. which was so, so traumatic. So my <laughs> older son found these for me um, and they have become my kind of new, new notebooks. But um, yeah. yeah, it's just for me, there's, I, I just slow down, my mind slows down. I think differently. I go into, I go deeper into moments, which, and then that raw material of my early notes, I really, I usually write until I have about 80, 70 or 80 pages of typewritten mess. And then I kind of go and I start where, but I have a sense of the story. And then I kind of go and I start, you know, mapping things into a structure. You know that, Michelle, we've talked about arc yeah. and structure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally the opposite. <laughs> I'll start making like notes uh, if I like if the novel or the book is still like baking, it's still in that early stage. So I have a notebook where I'll just kind of jot things down or ask questions. Does this happen? Does this happen? But when I'm actually writing, I totally write on the computer. I think it's funny that you say like it slows you down because I feel like I just I can't get it down fast enough if I'm writing by hand. I'm like, mm -hmm. and I I tend to do a lot of like I try very hard not to revise as I go, but I do feel like I'll be like, blah, blah, blah. no, no, blah, blah, blah. okay, yeah, and then I'll move forward. And I just feel like the computer just lets me keep pace with the what's happening in my brain, even if what's happening in my brain ends up being totally the wrong way. Um, I don't yeah. know, I just- I, I, feel like I, I feel like I should be the writer that writes by hand. Like, I feel like that's like <laughs> the writer. Um, but I don't either. And unless I get really stuck, if I get really right. stuck and I, and I, then I'm like, okay, I need to try something else. And I go out to the woods with a notebook yeah. um, and um, sit on a, you know, an old tree and, and, and try to get back to something. Yeah. Um, but um, so um, 
Dawn, you were interested in talking about the uncertainties of um, both of you, um, of, of your journey. Uh, what were you thinking about in terms of those uncertainties? Um, or we can go to Jane. How about you? Well, in terms of that, I, I guess for me, it was, you know, as I mentioned before, like, should I be doing this? And yeah you know, is this the right path? Like, is the universe trying to tell me, like, pack it in and give it up? You should be right. I, you know, I, I knew that nonfiction writing sort of personal essays and a blog I've been writing since 2005 <laughs> um, or 2006, like that sort of came easily and people respond to that. So I think, uh, you know, part of me was like, well, maybe that's the direction I should go in. Um, so there was a lot of that. And uh, sometimes the universe is very loud and sometimes they're very, it's very quiet when you want it mm -hmm. to tell you, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Well, and I think, I think sometimes the uncertainty, um, when I, when we were talking about uncertainties, I think part of what I was thinking was, um, was just that, that the, that the older I get, the more I wrestle with doubt which sounds strange. You would imagine that kind of once you, once you publish, I mean, this is my, my fifth book is about, is going to be published and is under contract is going to be published. You would think there would be this sense of like, okay, like I know what I'm doing. And, but I actually feel that that uncertainty, that doubt is where like what's really alive breathes. Like yeah. I, I find that uncertainty, it's harrowing, it's hard, um, but it's also where I make my best work because what's where I risk um I know that when my when that that first book under the bed was rejected for you know seven eight years by everyone under the sun who lived and worked in publishing in New York um <laughs> I know that then I went into my room and I was like well I'm never gonna publish no one's ever gonna read what I'm doing so I might as well just like write like mm -hmm. what I really feel inspired to write and I think that when we don't doubt, when we're not, you know, and, and um, Nicole Krauss wrote a great uh, piece that I read years ago on doubt. Um, but I feel like when we don't doubt, um, we're not really working that edge. Like when, we, when we're so controlled and we are so sort of, um, you know, we're really trying to channel everything and keep it in the straight lines and keep it writerly like we're not really we're not really letting ourselves kind of push yeah. our own edges and that's so important it's yeah. so important to hang with that uncertainty i feel there's as a i'm freedom. writing yep there, well and and there's and there's a fear like right, right that there you just don't and but there's something exhilarating and there's an yeah. opportunity in that because you still have things to discover um i find that that when I know everything that's going to happen in a story before I sit down to write it, the story's already a little bit dead to me. Yeah. Like I have to keep my horizon open at the end. Like I might have one, I, I might have a sense of one thing that happens, but there's so much along the way that there is to discover. And that, that uncertainty, that doubt is for me, it's where I thrive. Yeah. And it puts you in the right in the reader's seat, really, because the reader also doesn't know what's going to happen. That's what gets them excited. That's what keeps them moving through the book. So you're kind of sharing that same um, thinking space. Mm -hmm. uh, Jane, how, so how do you feel about where you're at now in your writer's journey? You have a new book coming out very soon. Yeah. Uh, 
it, it's on brand, I think. Uh, <laughs> yep. I, I mean, right now, the uncertainty for me is, you know, I have an idea for another book, but I think there's really a lot of fear, like, am I going to be able to pull it off? Is it going to be because I, I feel very good about this book. And there was such energy higher beneath it. And I'm like, I don't know if I can, that's going to happen again. I don't know if it's going to work. And there is like this pressure. I, I do feel like this next novel I'm about to start is like in a way a sophomore novel, even though it's this is my third um, or fourth. Uh, so there's that uncertainty. Like I'm not, I don't know if I can do it again. Yeah, no. I think that's, you know, we we get a book done, we get it published and then, yeah, can I do it again? Or was yeah. that the best I have? Don, right. I don't I always have that. I don't always have that until I've I've made a draft and then I'm suddenly like, mm. oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Like, yeah. was, I, was I imagining I could do this? Like, but I think that's again, like that's that tension, mm -hmm. right? Of sort of being bold and being ambitious and then, but having health, a healthy doubt because otherwise, um, you know, otherwise, otherwise things get, get a little stale. I think Thank if you're I, not I, I questioning like yourself. Thank you for giving me, I, I like that. I'm going to go with the doubt be like, okay, that's normal. Well, go in because it's where, because that's where you're risking. Like that's yeah. where you're taking a risk. Yeah. And that risk is everything. There's so much there mm. when, when you risk. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's end with that. Go with the doubt. I think that works. Um, yeah, we're going to have to finish up, everybody. Um, you can find our full March writing challenge schedule on Substack page as, at 7amnovelist.substack.com. You can subscribe there for updates or take part in the conversation. You can also find the podcast version of these webinars on your favorite podcast platforms. And if you like what we're doing, please follow, rate, and review our podcast so that we can find other listeners. So, ladies, are you going to be able to get writing done today? I think so. So, yeah, yeah, yep. All right, right now, starting now. We're getting back to our desks, everybody. I don't know what time it is where you're at, but I think for everyone, it is time to write. There is nothing here.